Patriots Monday and Friday. 93.7 WEIFM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. We're always live on the free Odyssey app. Keep show with Fitzy here on WEEI, and uh, we will get back to Bill Belichick and some of the uh, the news of the day. But a couple of things just into the news desk, Fitzy. Whoa! Yeah, you see this in the NBA. Wow! Draymond Green. So if you didn't see it last night, this was something we were just going to talk about in grab bag. But he punched Nurkic in the face in their game, but he did it in a way where. It was like, oh, he had his back to him, and then he, like, swung around. Like, how did he know his hand was going to be there and, like, directly hit him in the face? But it was another cheap shot from Draymond Green. Third time he's been ejected in a game this season, like the 19th for his career. He just came off a, what do you get, like a five-game suspension for something? Mm-hmm. Or three or five-game suspension recently. Should have gotten more, in my estimation, and now obviously. I agree. So Adrian Wojnarowski just put out just now that the NBA – is suspending Draymond Green indefinitely. So who knows how long this is going to be? I thought he was going to get 10 plus just because talk about a repeat offender. Like this like the guy can't help himself. I mean enough is enough. He just has rage issues or he yeah. he's he's has violent tendencies like he's no, he's more than just obnoxious. Yeah. Like he's da- he's legitimately dangerous. He almost broke Jordan Poole's face. He almost prevented right. Stephen Adam from being able to procreate hit someone earlier this year, and now, like, just violently flailing about in the court and popping another. I mean, this is a large person, by the way. Oh, yeah. Like, he, like we're not talking about Peyton Pritchard throwing fists here. We're talking about a very large, very strong, capable oh, yeah. man swinging, you know, swinging for the fences. Uh, it was a direct hit. Into- like, he clearly, like, if you watch the, the replay of it, like, he clearly knew where where he was, and he just turned around and just, just punched him right out. Yeah, he had uh, it, was, it was Rudy Gobert in a headlock, right? Wasn't that what it was? Oh yeah, in a chokehold. Oh, like chokehold, like yeah, yeah, like like he had him in the million dollar dream. <laughs> He's like trying to, put, trying to put him down, and uh, yeah, like the, like enough is enough with this guy. Like I, I can't stand it. The Warriors aren't very good this year either. They're struggling. What's They're their, three games Clay under five hundred. Is having a bad like he's isn't this a contract year for him too? Like oh, it could be. Yeah, but, but the their contract year is in his head as opposed to motivating him to shoot the lights out and make some more money. Yeah, it could be. I mean, Curry is still nasty. I don't know how he's doing it. Cuz he's getting old too. Like what is Curry? He's got to be 35 at he's this point. There, but he but he should be able to shoot like that for another 6-7 years. That's true. But like one of the things about I'm it too Chris is Chris Paul. Chris Paul. Yeah. The stank of Chris Paul is ruining it. Stinks too much. Yeah, he, like why why they thought that was going to work is is beyond me. So, yeah, they're not really a threat. And now you take Draymond Green, who's just playing like Draymond Green all year, and uh, already missed a bunch of games, going to miss even more. So he is now suspended uh, indefinitely by the league. The other thing that just came out uh, like a half hour ago, did you see the latest on Shohei Otani's contract? What now What else? Can, what other sort of <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So Shohei Otani. We get the news last weekend, 10 years, $700 million. You're like, holy smokes, that is so far and away the biggest contract in the history of baseball, $70 million a year, and blah, blah, blah. Then you're like, no, actually, he's going to defer $680 million, so he's going to make $2 million a year from the team, and then you'll get all the money later. And you're like, well, mm-hmm. okay. Like, 
if the rules allow you to do that, then I guess so be it. And he wants the team to be good while they're while he's there and blah 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 blah. So yeah, that's one. I, thing. I when he the the crazy thing is I, I don't know if this was officially some rationale behind it, but a friend of mine did text me today. Um, uh, yeah, he texted me today. And he's like, this guy's a genius. His marketing team, next level genius, because he's gonna move to like a tax free state when his ten year deal is done. And then he won't have to pay the three hundred something million dollars in state. Is that how that'll tax. work? He's like, I'm not working there anymore. So is that how that works, or does he get taxed from the state that is paying him? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, he's going to get. I, a li- ton I live of and work in yeah. like five different states. I end up basically paying to work. Yeah, at right. this point, it's a pain in the in the old uh, bum. But yeah, so he's got all that deferred money, and like, so that, that's very different, and that's crazy. And I don't think a lot of players would just take a two million dollar paycheck and then wait on all that other money. But now this is the late. This one's to me even crazier. So now Otani's deal allows him to opt out of the deal. What? If owner Mark Walter or president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman are no longer involved with the team. So if they fire Friedman, he can opt out at the end of the year. Or if the owner sells the team, I mean, I guess that'd be the only way the owner wouldn't be involved with the team, right? Is if he sells the team, but if Friedman or Walter leave. So can you imagine that? Can you imagine if the Red Sox, because apparently Otani's team was like, hey, we'll do this deferred money deal anywhere. Like, I think teams were aware they could do this. So just play this out for a second. Imagine if Craig Breslow signed Otani and then also they came to an agreement where he was a part, like his job security was tied into Otani's deal. So Breslow could suck for like five years. We're like, yeah, but if you get rid of Breslow, Otani might leave. I don't know why he would leave, but he might. He might go Nuts. get another crazy big deal. Nuts. That is so weird to me. And Friedman's I, obviously done a good job over there. Like, I'm sure, you know, they could 10 years of Friedman is probably not the craziest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But the fact that a player's contract is directly tied into, or he can opt out if something happens to the president of baseball operations. And what if, what if he's, you know, another 45 home run season? Mm-hmm. And he's also pitching to like a two eight ERA, and someone thinks, you know, he probably could get eighty million, <laughs> right? And then the Dodgers are like, well, all of a sudden things have gone south because let's face it, baseball's so weird. Where if you're the best player in the sport, it guarantees you nothing as far as like playoff appearances, ask playoff Mike success. Trout. Yeah, ask Trout and Otani teaming up together and going nowhere. Now the Dodgers are already a hundred win team, and now they're adding Otani, so I certainly assume they make the playoffs, but. If they struggle for some reason, or you know, Freeman's getting old, if Betts gets hurt, they struggle for a little bit, and now they can't even like. Well, we got to keep Friedman because he's tied into Otani's deal. <laughs> it's just it's yeah, so I, weird. I guess at this point, like whether something happens to him professionally or you know, God forbid, personally, you prop that man up weekend at Bernie style. Oh yeah, definitely. So I mean, I, he now he is very very much uh, like the baseball unicorn. Like he is. There's nobody like him at all. So do you think other play like I don't think baseball has to really worry about other players having this huge deferred amount of money and also the tied into the owner and the team status. I don't or the GM status. I don't think you're gonna have to really worry about that because he's so different. But I, I wonder if other players kind of try that. Let me ask you this. Yes. Do you think we are now going to see I won't say like a deluge, but do you think we will see 
uh, with greater frequency players trying to make it to Major League Baseball and play two ways, play three ways, play, be an infielder, an outfielder, a DH, and a pitcher. You can use them as a reliever. You can use them as a starter. Was, Hell, they could be Cutter Crawford. Whatever. Yeah, I was. I, I mean, the money is just so crazy that you would think that that more players would would try it. Just got two thirds of a, like yeah. seven hundred million dollars. Why wouldn't I? Yeah, the next if I time my kids we'll had any athletic dollars. ability whatsoever, I'd be like, get your ass out there and start painting the yeah. corners, boys. <laughs> I would. Uh, yeah, I hope so because well, I've had this conversation for years, especially like starting with Otani's rookie year, that like through high school, it's usually the best pitchers are also the best hitters. College is that's really where there's like a big break. Every once in a while, there's a few guys that that do both, and then they have to pick one once they get to the majors. Like I remember one of the Red Sox top prospects for a while. He never panned out, but Casey Kelly. They brought him up, and they were like, is he going to be a pitcher or a shortstop? Because he can hit and play short, but he can also pitch. And there's more money in pitching, so then they like made him pitch. But like, well, at one point, he could kind of do it all. So, yeah, I would hope that more players would try it. it is, it's so cool because for like 100 years, we were told you can't. You got you to pick one. You can't do Why all of it. Why were we told that? Like, I don't know. guys could go from like the working at the garage right. or like the shoe factory and then go in and pitch the day and you know like two ends of a, a doubleheader, right. eighteen right. innings. Yeah, yeah, right. They throw every yeah. single day, five hundred pitches. Uh, yeah, exactly. And hit. And, yep. And then go home and have a nice supper with mother and the children. Yep. And then drink a six pack, have a few smokes, and call it a night. <laughs> like that was the regular Tuesday God. for those guys for old oh, Hoss Radburn. Uh, this is the Amer- Tuesday for them. It's the American dream. That is. Now it's gone. And now you gotta yeah. you gotta focus on one thing. You can do one thing. You can only pitch. Oh my God! Don't even pick up a bat. Just pitch. Ice down that elbow and shoulder, and and don't even think about picking up a bat. I know we've gotten so like it, again the Larusification of baseball. Yeah. sucks. I want I want somebody. I want some Jim Leland esque figure. Yeah. to just come in and just be like, nope, we're doing it. The I got I got twenty five athletes. That means I got twenty five yes. hitters. I got twenty five fielders, and I got twenty five pitchers. Well, it's not as cool as pitching and hitting but Mookie Betts being a gold glove right fielder and then next year he's going to be an everyday second baseman like you don't see that a lot usually like you play one position unless you're like a utility guy and then it's like well you play one position once a week and then we can't really rely on you but like everyday players like bouncing around like that's pretty cool yeah and you and you don't think if if uh, Dave Roberts were desperate enough that he couldn't in a game go if if he had seen him pitch in practice or they had you know just done it during the offseason if he went to Mookie Betts and said like Every arm is spent. We're in the twenty-first <laughs> inning. That Mookie wouldn't go in there and give you an inning. I bet he could. Yeah, we've seen guys There's, go oh, out yeah, there guys, and yeah. have to eat an inning. What was the name of uh? Who was that yutz who pitched for the Red Sox this year and had to go out like Pablo Reyes? No, no, no. It wasn't a. It wasn't a. It was a guy he came up for like one appearance. Oh, oh, Kyle Bearclaw. Oh, who Bearclaw. got shelled? Right. Who, they, who the Cora left yeah, him the in there to embarrass Bloom? And he's like, "Here's your guy." Here's your guys. We don't have anybody. We have no arms. Eleven yeah. runs allowed. Just wore it like fifth, eleven. Just yeah, it's awful. Ate that hat. Awful. Uh, we got a would you rather question from the text line here, Fitzy. Would you rather? Okay. Craig Breslow or Bill Belichick deliver your wedding toast? <laughs> Oops, sorry. I thought that was a different one. <laughs> Bill, while understanding that you're getting ready for Kansas City, have you and Robert discussed your future beyond the season? Getting ready for Kansas City. So it would be, I think, cooler to have Belichick. Now, you wouldn't, just because it's Belichick and you could say it was Belichick, that's got to be the answer. I don't. No, I'm going to go with Belichick. I mean. Yeah. 
Breslow seems pretty pretty smart, and he's probably a good speaker and has better recall than most of us, I would imagine. So he would be able to yeah. deliver a person. But he would probably play it too safe, whereas Belichick, I mean, you saw him on the set Saturday on game day. Yeah, Belichick You've heard do the it. stories. Yes, yes. He's played on Studio TV, Rich. Plus, he's had to give pregame speeches. Like, we could ask uh, Wiggy and Fourier about it. Like, he's had to give pregame speeches. He's a head he coach give in the NFL. very emotional ones. You remember no, the, uh, uh, last season when I had did that talk show in the stadium with Malcolm Mitchell, and he said that Bill Belichick's rousing Super Bowl 51 halftime speech was, uh, if you play better, you'll win. Let's go! And it was like, <laughs> give me a wall to run yeah, through. Pretty great. They're pretty yeah, great. It's just Bill Belichick. All right, so the uh, the news, Otani has even a stranger contract than uh, than we had imagined, and uh, Draymond Green suspended indefinitely. So add that wow. to the pile. We'll get back to the future of Mr. Electric himself, Bill Belichick, as uh, the national media is picking up on this. They're saying this thing is getting uh, getting pretty ugly in Foxborough, and we still have four games to go. So, again, you can join us, 617-779-7937. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. Right now, here is Stiz with What's Trending. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Trending now, the Celtics win streak at home now at 11 straight. The Celtics beat the Cavs last night 120-113 to at the TD Garden. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown each had 25 points. Tatum also had 10 rebounds. Celtics will try and beat Cleveland twice in three days when the two teams will meet again tomorrow night at the TD Garden. Tip-off at 7.30 p.m. Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely following an incident with Yusuf Nurkic of the Phoenix Suns. Green was ejected from that game. Bruins on the road tonight in New Jersey facing the Devils. Right now, end of the first period, Bruins up. One nothing. Patriots continue to get ready to host the Chiefs on Sunday at Gillette Stadium. Kickoff at 1 p.m. Ramondre Stevenson was absent during practice today. He's still dealing with a high ankle sprain. Christian Barmore, Kayshawn Booty, Trent Brown, Devontae Parker, Demario Douglas, and Juju Smith-Schuster all on limited participation. Devin McCourty was on with the Greg Hill Show and spoke on the challenges of the Chiefs' defense. I, I think they have a shot because I think Kansas City's offense hasn't done much. I think it'll be more of a defensive game because I think uh, I think Kansas City's defense is, is better than some of the defenses they played over the last few weeks. So I think that is going to be a tough challenge. I'm Stiz. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. More Ritz Keefe Show coming up. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say WEI's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEI. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy WEI. And we got uh, Kiefer Madness special tonight where we're going to talk Christmas songs. Best Christmas songs. Nice. Yeah, so we did uh, a tears. We tiered movies last night with heart. And I would say we agreed to this for the most part. There were a few that we different than, you know, majority rules. That's how they went. We ended up with only three different tiers. Do you think that was a mistake, Fitzy? Should there have been? That's all? Yeah, it was sort of like the best ones that we like, the ones that are fine. And then there was the ones that aren't good because Hart and I both agreed that most of them are pretty good. Like there's not a lot of just. Drek when it comes it's to like, Christmas yeah, movies. Like pizza. Oh, no, there's some really bad Christmas movies. Well, we had some in the bottom tier, but we felt like there wasn't enough to, to like necessitate five or six tiers. Um, I mean, maybe you could have used go- another you, one. You got some goats, and then yeah. you've got some like it was on, so I watched it. 
Yep. And then you've got some, I think this is overrated. Yeah. And then you've got some, why do people just still trash. watch this? Right. And then yeah, there's yeah. just absolute. So at least four tiers. Yeah. So for at the, least four tiers. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. So was there, I thought I saw, took a look at it and saw some controversial, like, leave it in the trash or this is the grandma's fruitcake of holiday specials and movies on the list. Last yeah, time. we ended up just doing uh, three total tiers, and one of them was called Whiskey Eggnog. That was the top tier. The second tier was Socks and Underwear, because especially as you get older, turns out, pretty good gift. You need socks mm-hmm. and underwear. You don't want to buy it for yourself. You get it. You're like, yeah, I'll use that. And then the bottom tier was fruitcake. That's kind of that's all we had. That's, that's it. all we had? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it, was, it was a daunting task to get to all these different movies in the allotted time that we had. That might have been there's another excuse. It, it, it's but. a lot to tackle. It is. Yeah, right. Let's be honest. It's, 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 a lot, it's a lot to tackle. Let me see this. I'm taking a look at yeah, this. Yeah, pull it up. Right at now. Rich okay. Keefe Show on Twitter and Instagram if you want to see the entire thing. Elf, I, yeah. Vacation, Die Hard, Home Alone, Gremlins, Rudolph, The Original Grinch. Yeah, top tier. That's it? That's it. Now, come on. Hold on. Well, God. I had Muppet Christmas Carol in the top tier, but oh, I got outvoted by the other two. He will not let the Muppets I mean, go. It's, unbelie- it's an unbelievable <laughs> movie. What in the holy hell yeah. is the original Miracle on 34th Street in A Christmas Story doing in socks and underwear? So I don't. It's a wonderful life. I don't particularly love those. You have your movies. license taken away. <laughs> so you'd bump all those up, is what you're saying. No man who has friends is a failure. Rich, it's one of the ten greatest sayings in the world, let alone Hollywood. Uh huh. All right. Oh my goodness gracious! This Ernest is... saves Christmas. Do you think that's too high, too low? Ernest saves Christmas is like a spectacular. Like it should be number. One. It should be top. It should, might be the number one Christmas movie. Yeah, it might be of all time. Jim Varney. It's, it's no Ernest goes to jail. No. No, it's not. Or scared, stupid, or uh, camp, camp. And you know what else you camp. need to watch? Yeah. You know what else you need to see? For, um, What's that? Missing from this? Did you see Klaus? Uh, oh, we got a few people. I think yeah. I might have started that. It was on Netflix a few years ago. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. We awesome, had a few people awesome, awesome. Uh, write in with that one yesterday. Uh, spectacular movie. Last year, I also watched Eight Bit Christmas. We got we got that too on the text or the Twitter line. I, was, yeah, yeah, people, I thought, oh great, I'm just going to watch 90 minutes of Member Berries with Neil Patrick Harris, a modern day version of a Christmas story, out of left field. It was real good. An huh? absolute emotional wallop of a final 10 minutes comes in, and I was like, great. Now I laughed and I had my nostalgia bone tickled, and okay. I'm crying. Great. Right. That's on the uh, HBO Max, I think now. So maybe I'll give that a rip. Uh, just Max. Sorry. I still call it HBO Max. Because... Uh, also, it, there should be a level. See, Jingle All the Way is so lousy, I'd have to put it up higher. Yeah, like it's sort of Jim like. Jim Carrey's yeah, Grinch, fire that into the sun. We put it in the bottom. But make bottom. sure yeah, the no, propellant on that rocket. Yeah. yeah, good. Make sure the propellant on the rocket that fires Jim Carrey's Grinch into the sun yeah. is made of entirely Fred Claus. Fred Claus stunk. And I am a big <laughs> Vince Vaughn fan. I love Vince Vaughn. I would say Vince Vaughn might be my favorite actor of all time. Wow. Yeah. So, you serious? Yeah, I think I am. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I have anybody higher than Vince Vaughn. There was a run there between Swingers and Maid and Wedding Crashers, and then he was in or old school. Like the couldn't you couldn't touch it, couldn't He's, touch it. Now that you said it, that, I can like I get your humor a yes, little more. That's yeah. it. Yep. Just is nonstop talking. Four Christmases <laughs> in this. Is that four Christmases in the socks and underwear category? Yeah, we put it in there. It's probably on the low oh end my of that. God. Fav, uh, Vince Vaughn, Favreau's in there. Oh. Reese Witherspoon's charming as always. I wanted to grab Reese Witherspoon by the ankles and use her to beat the two of them after watching that. All movie. right. Well, you probably could. She seems like a, a smaller figure. <laughs> nice little kettlebell. Yeah, she's a little, little lady. Oh, that movie stunk. The mo- All right. Charlie yeah, I mean, Brown's Christmas down below. Guys. Yeah, Charlie Brown's Christmas is not very good. I think that you just, 
you remember it being better than it is. You even oh, said awful. you gave it a rewatch. Oh, it's terrible. No, oh, we have it at the bottom. It's not as offensive. See, right here, your first comment. Check out 8-Bit Christmas if you haven't. Oh, I like that comment last night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, people definitely said... Uh, Please watch Klaus on Netflix. It's never talked about, see? but one of the best see? Christmas movies ever. Th- there, there you, you go. go. All right. The internet is undefeated once again. It's a so- I mean, Overall, though, I think it's a solid list. Like, if we did our, like, uh, 25 days of Christmas movies, you might be able to come up with 25 that are worth watching if you started at the beginning of the month. There's a lot of them. And if you, if you include all the specials, last week you and I, we went through all the different specials. So if you include those with, like, the full-on movies, you got yourself a nice list. Not bad. I like okay. it. I like it. I like it pretty good. Uh, Bill Belichick, apparently it is not going well. Let's uh, the, the national media now is jumping on this. This is, uh, they're always a few days behind, sometimes a week or two behind, what we're already talking about here in Boston. But let's hear from, uh, let's hear from Bill Belichick today. Uh, as uh, he was down uh, doing his normal Wednesday press conference and, uh, you know, talking about Malik Cunningham, talking about the Chiefs, and also talking about his future. Well, I wanted to ask you a question. Speaking, obviously, for yourself and, and your understanding, do you have an understanding that Robert will not ask you to be back next year? Yeah, I'm getting ready for Kansas City. That's what I'm doing. Getting ready for Kansas City. I guess my question is, like, Robert it's it, Ultimately, is up to Robert Kraft, but as of this moment, does Bill Belichick know what his future holds? Is he in a like, hey, we'll wait and see? Is he a like, I'm, I'm, I'm not leaving here? You know, I'm, I'm kicking and screaming on my way out, or I don't know, like he has an agent. We don't really talk about that much, but he has an agent. Like, is his agent like, does he know that Carolina would take him? Does he know that Washington would take him? Does he know that uh, the Chargers or whatever? would take him like I'm curious how much Ford he's really thinking because I know he's a human being so he can't possibly only be thinking about Kansas City he has to also be thinking about wow I've been here for 24 years I probably won't get a 25th year what's next for me that's what I would really love to know right he's got to know and if if you've got McAfee saying what he said to Kraft and having that little bit excerpted from the ESPN and College Game Day YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. If you've got Orlovsky saying weeks ago that he's heard it's all done, if you've got Boomer Esiason treading on reasonably thin ice about the idea, like he, he officially will not come out and say he knows where Bill Belichick's going, but he's saying, like, let me just put it this way. It would surprise me if Bill Belichick were back with the Patriots. Maybe even before. I believe this was, this was Orlovsky when he was asked about okay. it. <laughs> I... I, I uh, I just I've heard that <laughs> he had a hard time because he so, he realized he had said too much. Back. I was back when he was on with McAfee and McAfee was pushing him, and he was like, "Oh no!" He's like, "I think I've I think I've definitely uh, I've definitely said too much," but yeah, it's definitely out there. Actually, I think I have, I might have the uh, the full cut of it too because he was just going on and on. Now, Diana Rossini reported this weekend that people around the building are assuming or preparing for a mutual parting of ways between Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots. He will go coach somewhere else if that is the case. Will he be the GM as well? We assume, but who knows? Mm-hmm. That would be bananas. Yeah. That would be a colossal move in the NFL news yeah. cycle. I've heard that. I've heard more and more of that over the past like, week. I'm not a reporter, all that stuff, but I have heard that. You're a journalist. I, 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 yeah. Um, I, I have heard that that's going to be the case, and it's kind of who, who knows the likelihood of it, but – I've, I've heard that that's going to happen, and I've heard the location is already kind of determined as well. Where he's going? Whoops. LA? Chargers. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Yeah. I'm not giving. I just, I've heard that. Who'd, heard you hear, that. who'd you hear from? I've heard that. <laughs> How, like, so, so that was from middle of November. That was a month ago that he said that on McAfee. We talked about it then, but now after the current report, it's getting brought up uh, once again. But. As an aside, like, how are some of these guys that are on TV and radio all the time, like, they forget that they're on? Or they, they're like, oh, just just shoot the breeze. And you're like, oh, wait a minute. People actually watch this. This is going to go somewhere else. Like, he clearly got caught. Like, he must have a team in his mind, whether it is the Chargers, whether it's the Commanders or somebody else. And then he realized, like, oh, wait a minute. The person told me not to say. And yeah. uh, now I'm on, like, one of the most popular radio shows going. And I'm about to spill the beans. Yeah, that's that's uh that's a bad move. <laughs> I, I think sometimes the yeah. zeal for everyone to be first so they can say yeah. and lay claim to firsties and be like, no, I had it in October. You know, uh, I knew well before everyone I heard like it's, these things may be best laid plans already. Mm-hmm. But uh, if someone's not going to come out and say like with clear, concrete proof that Bill Belichick is going somewhere else, then. You're just you're, you know, staking a claim and laying some stuff out there that could be risky for you. For example, Rich, I'll walk you back to um, when Brady was uh, in the middle of either it was after his second season in Tampa Bay. And I had heard from a friend who happens to run a business in Massachusetts who has a number of associates in Florida that the groundwork was being laid for Brady to make his way to Miami to go be the starter for the Dolphins. And like when they had proof and like that showed me and told me about things yeah. and it was, was they were all the in. case. Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden, whoops, here comes the accidental text to the wrong Brian, uh, you know, to Flores instead of Dayball. Jeez. And the whole thing gets blown up. And next thing you know, uh, Stephen Ross is losing draft picks and getting fined lots of money. Brady just like, whoops, what are you talking about? I was never going to Miami. You guys I was just building the house with my wife who I'm getting divorced from. So this is the first I thought now that we're reliving that moment all over again and then everything got re- went real sideways with Miami and then uh, Brady had to obviously like that that got shut down whether he was going to own part own the team and play for him or whatever else. What about this big, big picture thing? Let's get juicy. Did Belichick get wind of what was going on with Brady to Miami and didn't want that to happen? And then he yeah. thought the only way to kibosh it would be to text the wrong Brian. It may, did maybe or did definitely. Did that definitely happen? I mean, you've got to think about this. <laughs> Belichick with the grandpa thumbs accidentally texting one head coach as opposed to another. Stop it. You got the Come wrong on. Brian on purpose. I, on purpose. I, I, to tie it into the Dolphins. Anybody? Uh, on purpose. Did it on purpose? You did it on purpose? Did you just do on purpose? Yeah, you did it on purpose. We're going to break. Wait, you're the one who holds all dad jokes in great disdain. How could you do that? Well, there's something about it. I think it's from Ace Ventura because uh, there's a scene where uh, Detective Einhorn tells Ace Ventura that we'll find the porpoise. Einhorn. And so that makes me laugh every time. We'll find the porpoise. He goes, unfortunately, nobody's missing a porpoise. The turkey is concatus or the bottlenose dolphin. I gotta show that. It reminds me. I gotta show that movie to my ten year old. Yes, you do. I I was ten when that movie came out, and it Mm -hmm. changed my life. I'm not sure what to do when he sees the Einhorn Finkel shot at the end with Sean Young, but you just go with it. I don't know. I mean, look at me. I turned out fine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ninety four. I was ten, and it was Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, 
I think Billy Madison, Tommy Boy, like they were all all right around that time. What a time to be it alive! Really was, really was a time to be alive. Rich, fresh nine year old Rich having yeah. just seen the Crying Game. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Wow. It's good. Good stuff. Uh, but I also we were talking about the final four games of the season and if that could make any difference for. Robert Kraft, and could he change his mind on Bill Belichick? I also wonder if these other teams that might be interested in Bill, are they are they monitoring how the last month goes? And if are they like, yeah, we know he went three and fourteen, but it's still Bill Belichick. And like, is that how they sell it? Or for them, would it be, yeah, they got off to a brutal start, but look how they finished. Clearly, the team didn't quit on him. He found like a better quarterback, and they finished six and eleven. Not that that's a good record, but three and fourteen and picking second overall, even with it being Bill Belichick, I wonder if opposing fan bases are like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you had all the success with Tom Brady, and you know, if you're a Panthers or a Commanders fan, you're like, we don't have Tom Brady, so maybe this month is as important for Bill's next job as it is anything else. I think this job, this next month is so important for Bill Belichick. This isn't just, and it is important for Patriots fans too. Uh, Hart made a good point on the Six Rings pod this morning that this can be a a therapeutic victory tour for Patriots fans with Bill Belichick if indeed the reports are true and that he's done, whether it's of his own volition or whether Robert Kraft is doing it or it is truly a a mutual agreement to, to uncouple. Uh, Pats fans can just like, okay, we got four games. It's house money. Maybe we win one or two. They play their ass off. They make me proud. I appreciate Bill Belichick. It's the mm-hmm. last four times I'm going to watch him grumble and bumble and you know poutily, pout and throw the red flag on the ground and yell at the refs and everything and maybe sneak in a couple of signature Patriots wins on the way. For Belichick, it's him getting this flotsam and jetsam of, ro- of a roster to respond, and he can then say, like, oh, really, if I'm so bad, how come I could <laughs> shut down Patrick Mahomes in a down offensive year even better than anybody else and pull out a win with Bailey friggin' Zappi and Demario Douglas and Ezekiel Elliott? Well, they do, as it turns out, have a crazy final month if you look at who they're playing because I know Kansas City is on a little bit of a downswing right now, but it's still freaking Kansas City. It's Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and then it's Russell Wilson and an improved Denver Broncos team in Denver where they've always struggled. And then it's at Buffalo and Josh Allen, and then potentially home against Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. So you could be facing four Super Bowl, or I'm sorry, four, uh, yeah, I guess, or no, Super Bowl caliber and Allen. The other three have all won, but they're all Hall of Famers in this final stretch of uh, Bill Belichick's career. So, yeah, how this goes. But I think, again, as a fan and like looking forward to the future of this team, if they win two of these games, that puts them at five wins. There's a million teams with five wins right now or less, and they could go from picking second to picking eighth or seventh. Yeah, and that you would know be what? you could lose out on a lot of legit talent. A ton. Like uh we played the cut a while ago of Todd McShay talking about how there are three like elite, elite players in this draft. And even if there ends up being That's more it? he says three. Yeah, he says a top three pick, and he was just citing Williams, May, and um, uh, Marvin Harrison. He's like, there are other guys who are really good, but he's saying like, there's a drop off from those three. So and, wait, he's he's saying Caleb Williams, yep, Drake May, yep, Marvin Harrison Jr. That's it. I disagree. I uh, know I'm not Todd McShay. Are you because you don't like Drake May? 
Is it, that's why you're saying that? I think or are you like the, think there's a couple tackles? And you know, honestly, even if there's a couple tackles in there, I think just the way football is played, if if you have two that good, if two stud quarterbacks and a stud wide receiver is more valuable than almost anything else. Because I don't think there's that. There's not like a Micah Parsons in the draft. So I think no, yeah. but you do have. I mean, Jaden Daniels may be elite. He may be a legitimate. I mean, guy just won the Heisman and had the most total touchdowns mm-hmm. in the entirety of the NFL. I still think Malik Neighbors, maybe even that other wide receiver. You could have two mm-hmm. wide receiver ones at a Jordan Addison level or above coming out of LSU this year. Got two tackles who could be twelve-year brick walls. Uh, yeah, I think that there's up to maybe eight blue chip prospects in there. But even and then if, there's going to be a ton of fun guys. Oh yeah, at the end of the first round that might be worth trading back Definitely. in for, like a Bo Nix or second rounders, third rounders. Like I, I, I tell you who I would love the Patriots to get. I would love them to get this. Uh, there's a bunch of these third, like alternate running back, third down back type of guys who could thrive as touchdown machines in the NFL. I would love nothing more for them for them to get like. That Blake Corum kid, the running back from Michigan. Oh, you like him? Yeah. Like 24 touchdowns? That's pretty good. No, I know. But Michigan, they get some weird guys. They had a guy, Mike Hart, who had like... I thought you were just going to bring him up. Yeah, he had like a... He had... He might even have like all these Michigan rushing records. And it was funny because he played high school football with a couple of guys that I played college with because he's from upstate New York. So they would always talk about Mike Hart. And he had a crazy college career. And then I think he played like two games with the Colts and was just kind of like, that was it. Like, sometimes these offenses in college, it's so hard to tell. Like, Mac Jones yeah. had insane numbers. You know, so it's it's sometimes can be a little bit tricky because I don't like McCarthy. I know you don't like McCarthy either, the Michigan quarterback. I do like him. Oh, you, oh, you I'm, do? I'm, not I'm not three team. overall, though. Oh, dear God. Yeah, yeah. No, I, when I told that was you Walter, Walter football, football <laughs> that was wanted, Walter Mock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. wanted him at five, and you were like, dear God. What no, is, no, mean, no, no. The football family's off the rails. But, yeah, no, draft's going to be awesome this year, and right now the Patriots are picking two. So you're already eliminated from the playoffs, so I look at it as don't screw it up. Uh, you can join the program if you so choose, 617-779-7937. When we come back, we're going to kick around some of the best Christmas songs of all time. So go nowhere. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI. You can watch the show anytime via our live stream on Twitch. Just go to twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. And check out WEEI on YouTube for our video on demand content updated daily. Now, more of the Rich Keefe Show on WEEI. Sessions presents a Peter Griffin Christmas. Featuring such standards as... Everybody look at the snow in the yard. And who could forget? I brought these gifts for you. They're up in my bum. And everyone's favorite. La 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 la. Look at the bells. Look at the bells. Holy crap, here comes Jesus. And he doesn't look too happy. Merry Christmas, everyone. Oh, it's perfect. Every time. All right, back here in the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. It's, uh, it's a full-time program. You can join us, 617-779-7937. If you miss any of the show, check out the podcast. Subscribe, download the Rich Keefe Show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yesterday, Hart and I were talking Christmas movies. Tonight, Fitzy and I are going to talk Christmas songs. So, Fitzy, first of all, when do you start listening to Christmas songs? Thanksgiving weekend. Yep. Same. Right so after. When Magic 106.7 yep. flips, when you get the tree, Boom. when you start yep. putting up the decorations. I agree. 
I'm in. I'm in on that. Uh, 100%. A lot of good ones. Where? Uh, what's the first one that pops to mind, or what's one of your favorites? Uh, the Goat album is obviously Vince Guaraldi's "A Charlie Brown Christmas." You didn't love the special last night on the Tier Tuesday uh, Rich no, Keith Show nope. specials and movies edition. That's nope. fine, but it's the best album. However, if I'm just talking individual songs, let's go with our first one right here. I okay. got a nostalgic spot for this one. It's on a vintage album at my. No, actually, let's go. The cl- uh, this is a uh, the fan favorite edition. All right, all right. Let's go with Run Run Rudolph. Yes. Out of all the rangers, you know you're the mastermind. Good one. Yep. Put it on every mix. Yeah, you hear oh. this. Yeah, you're not changing this one, right? If you have like a long list, or sometimes like I have my own mix on my phone. Brag. And then other times you can find other people's, whether you're on like you know Spotify or Apple Music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're like, eh, like they'll put like 50 on there. And you're like, I like some of these, but you end up yeah. skipping a bunch. But that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it's a, cl- it's it never change the channel when it's on. Here's one that I always found to be wildly underrated. Doesn't get brought up on a lot of the list, but it's also oh. happens to be one of my favorites. It's a, by a, uh, a band called The Waitresses. And uh, this one is Christmas Wrapping. It's another one. You don't, you don't think of it, but you hear it. You're like, oh, yeah, that one, that one kicks ass. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Good one. Maybe the best one. That's uh, a cla- love that one. It is. Don't hear it often enough, too. No. It's not on enough mixes, but classic. I feel like it's lost in the shuffle. Stiz, where are you going with Christmas music? So I am a sucker for this guy. The king. Stiz, could this possibly Seems like a bad be... guy. There's been like a lot of hey, documentaries, a lot of movies about him dare. all of a sudden. Seems don't kind of like a bad dude. I don't, is, is this the one that's the most fun? To do karaoke like at a party when you're on like your fourth nog and the rum is like sneaking up on you and you're like <laughs> this one or baby it's cold outside oh. after a few drinks yeah. <laughs> start sneaking after a couple two three yeah yeah you know that's that's a, that's, a, uh, that's a that's a blue Christmas is great and yeah. you know what except no imitations everyone else's run run like Kelly Clarkson's run run Rudolph someone no. else's blue Christmas get out of here take a hike take, take a, a hike. Yeah, how does that work? Fitz, you might know the answer to this. So when, like, Christmas music, which, mm-hmm. like, who has the rights to those songs? Like, some of the old, old classics? Like, there are some of them are public domain. So anybody can sing them and anybody mm-hmm. can make money off them? Or you pay the, or you have to uh, pay the royalties to the estate of the writer. Got it. Pay that publishing. Mm-hmm. Okay. You that BMI ass cap money, son. Because I'm like, how did, you know, Michael Buble just, like, corner the market on all, like, he's like, I'll just do all these ones. I'm gonna sing every single one of them. I'm like, all right. Well, when you got Buble, it's it's something also too. Just a uh, like any croon, a, a simple googling. Will yeah. Also answer for you as well. All right. Well, but maybe you would you would be able to help yeah, me out. You know. Yeah. All right. It's my, it's my job. All right. What's uh, what do you get next? Uh, next one. Old. Now this is the one. The old old soft spot. My dad used to curate Christmas albums out the wazoo, uh, and my brother has done a good job of holding on to them. This is from an old group called the Mills Brothers, who had a. The first African-American quartet to have their, have their own TV show popular from the 30s, 40s, 50s was Barbershop Quartet. It was their take on Here Comes Santa Claus. Here 
Here comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Vixen and Blitzen and all his reindeers pulling on the rain. Bells are ringing, children singing, all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings and say your prayers, cause Santa Claus comes tonight. That's pretty good. I don't think I've ever heard that one. That's nice? I like that. Isn't that nice? That is really First nice. First time I heard that years ago, I just thought, man, what a nice, clean, unironic, unaffected. That is good. Christmas classic. Yeah, because sometimes, like you said, sometimes there are like, you know, covers or like other versions that you don't like. Sometimes they're better. And I will introduce you to another one, which uh, I listen to every day driving my daughter to school. She loves this. My four-year-old daughter loves this one. This would be a classic 12 Days of Christmas, Mm -hmm. but by the band Goldfinger. Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me Legit her favorite part every single time. Awesome. Wow. They actually did. They Goldfinger did like four Christmas songs. So they do White Christmas, they do Rudolph, and they do Santa Claus is Coming to Town. That one goes the hardest, but the other, the other three are really good as well. All right, yeah. Stiz, back to you for uh, your second Christmas song. That one is definitely going in the rotation. Yes. The oh, that, that's, a reju- that's a rejoiner the rest of the yeah. way, too. So I'm also a sucker for R&B, uh, you know, an 80s baby, boys to men, 90s. Boys to men was everything. So they did a rendition of Let It Snow that oh. with Brian McKnight that I really like. Yes. Also, I love the one guy in Boys to Men that just always talked. You know what I mean? (laughs) He was the best. Yeah. It's like, have you ever heard Let It Snow but sexy? You're like, no. There it is. (laughs) Turns out. Wow, geez, Stiz. I didn't know I was pouring cognac by the fireplace. Yeah, let's go. I like it. Very good. Around the holidays. All right, Fitzy, what else you got? Love me a good instrumental. Obviously, I mentioned that I love the Charlie Brown Christmas album. Uh, This was also the first song my wife and I ever danced to. Oh. Um, Remember the old- Fitzy uh, trivia. Whenever in the old, uh, they had that like late '90s revival of uh, like the zoot suit wearing jazz bands. Oh yeah, uh, Cherry Pop and Daddies. Exactly, and uh, my favorite, the Squirrel Nut Zippers. This was their cover of Sleigh Ride. Good horns. Great horns, baby. Good horns. I'm a sucker for Dixieland jazz as well. That's not um, bad. That song always puts me in a good mood. Yeah, that's not bad. And then I'll end my uh, top three with an absolute classic. That would be Run DMC's Christmas and Hollis. 
The music video for this is also very good, but the, the song is can't miss. I, right. once, I once did a parody to this called Christmas in Chelsea. It was great. We'll have to add that to the rejoin list <laughs> hey, as well. I was going to say, Stanley, get bust that one out. Yeah, for sure. All right, that's my big three. Uh, Stiz, you got one more? Yeah, tried and true classic. You guys might give me uh, some some crap for it, but I like it. Good old MC. Oh, oh my God. Stop it. <laughs> She's made a billion dollars off of this song, right? That's Isn't that what right. they say? Yeah. That's right. That's the thing. You need a Christmas original so that all the money comes to you. And whenever I picture Mariah, I picture her like, you know, in the early 90s, like the daydream in Mariah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look out. Mm -hmm. Look out. Well, Taylor Swift tried making like a big Christmas song, and I don't think it really didn't catch on. Like as famous as she is and all the the hit parade that, that she has, the Christmas one never really got going. No. That that was just I don't know, it just doesn't seem like it's her style. Not that she's not sensitive enough or lovable or all Americana enough. Just doesn't seem like it's Tay Tay's thing. Uh I know we're up against it, Rich, but I Yes uh, we are. Uh, all right. Well No no no, but no, I was just saying we are, but go ahead. What do you got? Okay. Um I sent to Stiz one last one. This has always been my pick for This is the weirdest Christmas <laughs> song ever. Right, what just is listen. this? Uh, seems precocious I've, and charming. I've heard right? this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want you to listen coming up after, like, we're making our way through the chorus right now, right? And then we get into the verse. Just listen to what the kid is getting nothing for Christmas for because of, okay? Yep. Pump it up, Stiz. Okay, well, what'd you do, kid? I broke my bed on Johnny's hand. Whoa, you murdered Johnny. What murder? I broke my bat on Johnny's He ratted him out. Hey, what, what happens to snitches? What happens to snitches? A six-year-old. Yeah, just, Ooh, she's a punk. He just beat up yeah. a whole bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah. he went full Pesci casino yeah. style. Just yeah. right. <laughs> Come here, you mutt. But I don't know what the other guy did, though, besides snitching on him. I guess it could have been worse. Yeah, we canceled the one about sitting around the fireplace just trying to, you know, you know, uh, get romantic and affectionate. Yeah. Meanwhile, right. this Try- guy's still getting away with murder in a cornfield. Good point. The other guy was kind of Pepe Le Pewing it, though, so I don't know. That's not a... <laughs> Can't do that. So there you go. There's some more Chris Boggs. Feel free to uh, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram, at Rich Keefe Show, or the text line 37937 with some of your favorites that you have been uh, listening to. And we'll, uh, we can put them in the... Re- I mean, we get less than two weeks, Diz. We can start throwing them in the old rejoins as well. All right, three hours down, one hour to go. We have another... Believe it or not, we have another segment called Can I Get a Ruling? We're going we're gonna, to, you know, ask a few questions, chop it up, get the best answer to that. And we have Grab Bag coming up at 920. So uh, a loaded final hour of the program coming up here on WEEI.